Are You Just Watching is produced and sponsored by D. Joseph Design from djosephdesign.com, where you can get a website design, a presentation design, graphic design, web hosting, or domain registration, all sorts of cool things. You have a message that deserves to look great. So make your next message look or sound great by hiring D. Joseph Design from djosephdesign.com. Are you just watching Initial Reactions 5, Avatar? <laughs> Finally. <laughs> Finally, yeah. <laughs> I'm Daniel Lewis. And I'm Eve Franklin. And joining and us I- from the Kennedy Space Center in Florida. I'm Chris Jones. <laughs> Welcome back, Chris. Hey, it's great to be back. Yeah, that's yeah, how the script usually goes. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. <laughs> No one's ever accused me of originality. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we have had a busy past couple months, and that explains why, unfortunately, I missed my two episodes per month goal through December and January, because we just, I traveled, I was traveling all of December. And then I was sick all of January. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And you were traveling in December as well. But I do have some cool news to announce, and I'm sorry, Chris, this doesn't necessarily apply to you. That's okay. We have recently been approved for the press list so we can get press passes to see movies before everyone else does. (laughs) That is so cool. Congratulations, guys. We are official press now. Yeah. I want to get the little hat that says press. (laughs) I can walk around and say, I'm a member of the press. I'm a member of the press. I need to get in. Stop the presses. Stop the presses. (laughs) And so far, we have ignored every invitation that we've gotten. Yeah, that's the hard part. that's not a good start. They're always on Tuesday nights and Wednesday nights. And they're only in specific theaters so the working around the schedule with it is proving to be a little difficult we have lives unfortunately but at least we're members of the press members of the press press have no life (laughs) (laughs) and uh, i want to also mention that we were recently interviewed well not we were interviewed a long time ago, but the interview <laughs> recently aired on the Rony Zone podcast over at RoneyZone.com, and the next couple episodes will actually be the recording from that interview that was pretty cool with Jeff Roney and had a great interview talking about our podcast and how we approach things and why we're even doing this, and just really exciting. So you can either check it out at RoneyZone.com, that's R-O-N-E-Y, Z-O-N-E dot com, or just wait until the next couple episodes download because, well, that's what it'll be. So, we watched this movie. (laughs) Well, Daniel and I watched this movie. Yeah, and this was before we got press passes, but it was still, we were able to get in. And it's it's been a while since we've seen it, too. The movie that has had everyone raving, everyone just absolutely on the edge of their seats because the movie is too beautiful it is it's too incredible it's too fanciful (laughs) the movie that we all know as avatar 
to write off, what did you guys think of Avatar? Well, I have to agree. It was visually stunning. I, I'm going to date myself and, and say I compared it with a Mist video. It was like a Mist video on steroids. <laughs> Mist, the old the, computer game? Yeah, the old computer game. Uh, it, you know, just the fant- fanciful locations and, and the bizarre creatures and all of that. It just, it was like that on steroids. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. I, I'm going to, to date myself as well, but to a much younger kind of age because when I walked out my vocabulary was pretty much limited to dude and that was awesome <laughs> for about an hour afterwards because I just I just all of that information in two and a half hours and it was just so beautiful and believable and stuff was glowing in the dark and it was just so cool and so I was I it took me a while to wrap my head around things and actually formulate cognitive sentences (laughs) (laughs) you want to know how beautiful avatar is let me read to you a quote this was the result of a cnn report and this was posted on mashable.com and one of the viewers of avatar says this ever since i went to see avatar i've been depressed watching the wonderful world of pandora and all the Navi, Navi, I've forgotten how to pronounce it now, Navi, made me want to be one of them. I can't stop thinking about all the things that happened in the film and all of the tears and shivers I got from it. I even contemplated suicide, thinking that if I do, I will be rebirthed in a world similar to Pandora, and everything is the same as an avatar. <laughs> As sad as that is, people have actually been committing suicide because they're learning Pandora isn't real. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's crazy to see what people do and the extremes they go to to try and pursue something that they see in a movie, in a fantasy movie. But Pandora was incredibly beautiful from uh, my own perspective. It was a neat movie. I, when I saw the trailers for it originally, I thought, okay, people turn blue, they get big. <laughs> I don't like movies like that. Like Hulk, mm-hmm. I thought, I absolutely did not like Hulk. I thought it was just really corny that, oh, you won't like me when I'm angry. And he turns green and then gets big like that. And I thought that Avatar was going to be a similar thing where people are somehow changed into these blue people. And just when people change into a different color and kind of weird looking, I'm not too interested in it. But Avatar was impressive. I was I enjoyed it. One of my impressions of it and when I saw the previews before going was that it was it didn't look like it had a lot of story to it. And yeah. I was when you watch the previews, it was, it was like they were previewing the entire beauty of the of the movie without ever giving you a feeling about what the movie was about. And I usually want to know, hey, what's the story going to be? And when I went to see the movie, I walked out going, well, that was a very worn out story. I mean, it's it's been done so many times in so many ways. And I believe, you know, Avatar was ob- obviously one of the best presentations of that worn out story that I've ever seen. But all in all, it was still a very worn out storyline. Yeah, we've um, my my friends and family members and I have all decided that it's basically a retelling of Pocahontas, <laughs> which you know, it is what it is. I but was thinking Fern Gully two point oh. I was thinking well, it's, it's dances kind of like with a- wolves. 
is a worn out story. Really? We, we, we've heard this story once or twice before. Yeah. And the music, as beautiful as James Horner wrote the music to be, it's also a retelling of music similar to Glory, his other soundtrack. But it's still beautiful music. And of course, I still bought the soundtrack, <laughs> which I always do. So let's talk about some of the initial reactions of the movie, as well as we can remember them now that it's a long time since we actually watched it. <laughs> I've seen it more recently. So oh, good. It's at least one of us who it's uh, end of January, I think, is when we went to see it. So okay. Good. You know, it's <laughs> the middle of February right now. So one of the things that stood out to me, the first thing that I noticed in watching this, and my thoughts are kind of in chronological order. I'm not sure about Eve's or Chris, how your thoughts go, but mm-hmm. I was the first thing I noticed and wrote down when I took my notes during the movie is the way that they spoke of religious respect for the seeds, the act that just the seeds that floated around. There was that mm-hmm. scene where. Oh, I'm going to forget the characters' names. This is why I should have imdb.com loaded on the screen. <laughs> but when the two main characters, the man and the woman, were in the forest for the first time and the seeds came and were floating around and she's like, it's a sign and they're pure spirits and all of this. They have this extreme religious basis to their culture, but it's a religion very different from Christianity. It's pantheism, where everything yeah. has a spirit. Yeah. And yet, also, they believe in a single goddess that's over all of this. That they spoke of that, yeah, they, or I, I could be explaining this wrong. You guys may remember it better, but that they had a, a female princess, a female priestess, and they believed in a goddess, and they spoke of this goddess, but yet... Everything in the forest was so spiritual. Well, really, I think their goddess was the world. Pandora was their goddess. Uh, Right. And it's like the whole Mother Earth sort of thing. Yeah, the Mother Earth kind of feeling, the Gaia. um, And they all are a part of that god because they're all part of the the planet. The trees, the animals, they are all were united in this spiritual uh, being somehow. Right. This beautiful harmony between... I can't say man and nature, but between Navi and nature. Mm-hmm. And the film definitely has a lot of environmental undertones and overtones, to an extent. I wouldn't the, say... Go ahead. I, I didn't think that the environmental undertones were really, really um, overwhelming until you got near the end. Yeah, that's the same mm-hmm. thing but I was like, about and, to say. And, like the build up and then most of the middle movie, like that wasn't really the point. Like it was there in the back of your mind because it was there like at the very beginning, mm-hmm. but they didn't really try to bash you over the head with it for the whole time, which I appreciated. Yeah. One time the, the, I can't remember if he was a colonel. Yeah. The colonel in yeah. it, uh, accused some others of being, uh, accepting tree hugger crap is what he's called it. <laughs> Or I think he may have called it something else, but I wrote down tree hugger crap. I'm not sure if I changed <laughs> the words there. But yeah, I, I agree that it it had some environmentalism in the beginning, but I really had to look for it. Yeah. 
it wasn't as blatant as something like Fern Gully was. The the most obvious environmental thing that they had going was that uh, mankind had come to this planet for the substance that was you know couldn't be found on Earth. So it was obviously you know very very um it was very rare, and so you could get a lot of money for it. And they called it unobtainium. Yeah. Do you know the first time? Was real subtle. <laughs> What's that? Say that again. Uh, um, they called it unobtainium, which was a really subtle you know, message saying maybe they didn't actually have it. I I thought they could have done a better job with naming the the substance. Actually that name has been used before. And really? I'm checking to see if it was the same director or scriptwriter and I can't totally tell. But in the movie The Core, which is where the core of the earth oh, stops yeah, yeah, spinning, yeah. the guy constructs the ship and there's this one scene where the girl asks what or he constructs something and this girl asks what's it made out of and he kind of jokingly says unobtainium and people took it as a joke of you know yeah you can't obtain this so it's unobtainium and here in the movie i had to chuckle every time they mention it because yeah i remember the joke of it from the core uh, and then in here, they're like so serious about it. They're actually calling it unobtainium. <laughs> I guess my initial reaction was different from you guys, because I walked out of it really feeling like it was a civilization versus nature kind of movie, mm-hmm. that that was pretty much the whole point of the movie. And um, progress is evil. Civilization's the enemy. Humans destroy things. They come in and strip mine and, and don't care what's in their way. And... And there's always just that few minority of people who want to stand against progress. And and uh, I, I, that was really what the impression I got, walked out of with. So, yeah, it did have that definite theme to it. Now that I recall, yeah, that mm-hmm. that's all throughout it, really. That's mm-hmm. the core theme. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm training to be a, a scientist of sorts and so walking out of that I kind of felt a little bad about being a scientist just because you know they weren't like the scientists themselves were portrayed as the good guys but technology was portrayed as the evil and if science mm-hmm. produces technology <laughs> yeah, so on and so forth Right. but the biggest thing that I was actually pleased with in the movie was that it was not a anti-military movie, which a lot of people are saying that it is. But um, if you pay attention at the beginning of the movie when they're talking about the kind of people who are inhab- who who came to Pandora, they're not soldiers anymore. They're just mercenaries. They mm-hmm. were trained as soldiers. They're after profit. They're just, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Now they're just mercenaries, and so I really appreciated how it wasn't like anti-military. You know, the the armed forces is evil because all they want to do is destroy because that's not who they were. So Mm -hmm. I appreciated that from a... It was more corporation rather than military. Right. Which would explain the colonel's extreme obsession with destroying the Navi is because he is there as not accepting orders or commands. He's giving the commands and he just wants to be rid of these people. Right. And, you know, if we want to look at it from the evolutionary perspective, which, you know, the humanistic philosophy is the survival of the fittest. And 
so they they look at it from the point of view of whoever stronger wins and you know the culmination of evolution looking looking down on our our culture i don't understand the whole environmental movement because if man is stronger then why shouldn't man destroy (laughs) nature that's weaker i mean that's the whole that would be the logical culmination but yet they see man as the great evil that somehow we've come to the top and and we're just we're destroying the world instead of helping it and i just want to get a little bit of scripture in here because we haven't yet touched on the bible and i had um, written down some verses after i came out and in discussing this and um first off uh, in genesis uh, it says, and then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And he blessed them, and he told them to be fruitful, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And I know that there's still a lot of controversy over what that have dominion over everything on the earth means. But I think personally that it means that we have control over our environment and God wants us to use it wisely Mm -hmm. and be good stewards of it and Mm -hmm. take care of it. Now, not obsess over it and worship the creature more than the creator. Mm -hmm. As Paul said, I believe, but that we should still, it's our responsibility. Mm -hmm. None of the animals we're given the responsibility to take care of the earth and take care of the rest of creation. Man was given that responsibility, that dominion over creation. So, yes, there is a an element of evil in, when corporations look at nature as something to be harvested without any care. And I don't think that it's wrong for a Christian to be an environmentalist and, and take a, a, you know, a position of, well, let's not do that. Let's stop and look at the impact on the environment first. But I think we can take it too far in where we worship the creation instead of the creator, and we put creation in too strong of a it's position. Like, it's yeah. like the animal rights movement. Um, they they don't want animals to have equal rights as humans. They want animals to have more rights. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And that's not the way it should be at all. Near the end of the movie is when they start making some of the more blatant environmental statements like one of the things that i think i transcribed this correctly is they said speaking about humans the navi said they killed their mother referring to earth mother nature Mm -hmm. and at one point i'm not sure if this was an actual transcription of something they said or a note of something a concept they were communicating but i wrote down that about mother nature they essentially said that Mother Nature doesn't take sides; she only protects the balance of life. That was actually from the movie. Mm-hmm. Okay, I didn't have little quotation marks around it, so I couldn't <laughs> remember. Is that an exact quote or not? Well, that um, was one of the things that I found, you know, interesting. Was they were all s- when you watch the movie, they all like connect with nature. It's mm-hmm. like the Navi had the this like. Um, fiber optics that came out of their yeah. hair, you know, and, and connected, and and they could connect with the animals, they could connect with the trees, they and and it was just like they were all on the same spiritual network, you know, and it was it 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 was weird. I mean, I don't know who came up with that concept, but it kind of takes that whole idea of of uh, Mother Earth and Gaia to a whole nother level. But 
one of the things that struck me near the end is that they were protecting the the tree that was, I guess, like the center of this, the spiritualness of the planet. Mm-hmm. Right. The largest tree, and it was their home. And it was, well, their home was destroyed. It was the other tree that they were, they went to so much oh, trouble yeah. to protect. Okay. Um, one of the things that struck me, and I wrote this down in my notes, is that the natives were defending their god because their god could be destroyed, but our a truly omniscient, omnipotent god is incorruptible mm. and can never truly be threatened by the actions of man. And that was one of the things I thought of when I was leaving, is that they, they like it says in, in Romans um, one twenty three, this is, and they changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. That's Romans one twenty three. And then in Romans one twenty five, they exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator, who was blessed forever. Amen. And that was one of the, I guess, what impacted me the most about the spiritual message of the movie was that their God was destroyable. They were, they were fighting to protect their God. And I'm glad I don't have a God like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can appreciate what First um, Peter says when he says that we should be ready always to give an answer. It's not to defend. Right. Uh, now we are to make a defense, but nowhere does Scripture tell us that we have to defend God or we mm-hmm. have to protect God. It says to make a defense, like a lawyer would make a defense for someone, or we are to give an answer. And we That's are not necessarily to, a defense of God, but a defense of our faith, right? And mm-hmm. to to uphold mm-hmm. what we believe in and. Upholder has the final authority. Like David, when he faced Goliath, he says, how can you let this guy profane the name of our Lord? He's not saying, oh, God's in trouble. I better go out there and protect (laughs) God from this giant. So we don't have to protect our God. He protects us. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I want to just mention, we used the term pantheism earlier. And uh, just so people understand what pantheism is wikipedia says pantheism is the view that the universe or nature and god are identical essentially because it uses pan in it it's kind of spread across so you could imagine god is spread across everything he's panned out across everything he or she and this idea of pantheism is panned across everything so this this uh, apple remote is god this this little uh, alvin the chipmunk is God, and he speaks, too. And God is in everything, and everything is God, and all of this. That's pantheism, that God is spread across all sorts of things, but usually not inanimate objects like I just referred to. So I know that people are going to start saying, that's not pantheism, but nature and the universe and God being identical. That's what we're talking about when we refer to pantheism. I remember some things from uh, about the middle of it. Now, a really interesting spot is watching the culture of the Navi. And there's they talk about how a person is born twice. Did you catch that? Yeah. The second I- time they're born of the people. What did you guys think about that? What did you think about it? (laughs) (laughs) Well, in Christianity, we talk about 
being born again. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ told Nicodemus that unless you are born again, uh, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. And there's that whole conversation in John 3 between Jesus and Nicodemus about what being born again is. And to the Navi, being born again is, like they say, being born of the people, or they are then of the people. So it's it's a culture rooted in connections with each other, with nature around them. And being born the second time, you become a part of each other. And you're no longer separate, but you become kind of a part of the whole. Is that pretty much what you guys got from it? I guess. I don't remember that aspect of the movie. So. <laughs> too long. Yeah. That that was that was kind of how um I I interpreted what they, they were saying. And I actually thought it was fairly interesting because there is such a strong parallel there. And but the rest of it is just so pantheistic and not anything remotely like Christianity that I thought it was interesting that they kind of stole that terminology for the movie yeah well many people are going to steal terminology and ideology and logic from scripture and because scripture contains the basis yeah Mm -hmm. is the basis of truth is Mm -hmm. truth itself there was also a spot i can't again i can't remember who said this or if it was just my comment as to something that was said but they speak of even some of the skeptics speak of there's something real in the sacred things or in some of this belief. And the movie does portray it as all of this being real, that there is this extra spirit, this connection between the people, the spiritual connection between the people and the nature around them. Well, um, the, the humans had quantified it scientifically in saying that it worked like the synapses in your brain, where they're, they're like... They they um compared it kind of like to a computer where the the Navi could upload and download information and memories to the spiritual planet, network. Yeah, I guess the the right. And I thought that was interesting that they were taking something that the Navi saw and knew as something a very very spiritual experience, and they were quantifying it down into a scientific like physical reality for the the humans to be able to wrap their minds around it. And I thought that was interesting that they couldn't think of it as a spiritual thing. They had to make it into something physical. Well, well that, but then there was also like, there actually was a physical reality to this spiritual belief that the Navi had. Mm -hmm. That I thought was very interesting because normally religion is just completely dismissed as just entirely not real. Whereas in Pandora, there was a physical basis in our reality for what they were saying. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the scientists, I can't remember if it was Jake, said, I'm the scientist, remember? I don't believe in fairy tales. And that quote stood out to me <laughs> as them saying that here, this thing that, at least in the movie, is very real, this spiritual relationship in the movie. He's saying, I don't believe in fairy tales. Why? Because he's a scientist. That's his foundation for it. Is he saying that my scientific background has has thrown out the idea that these so-called fairy tales can be real or that there can be anything beyond the physical world? 
And I think it shows a connection with us that, well, with the world of Pandora, the humans on Pandora are really out of place. They're not supposed to be there. It's, they're not of that world at all. And yet they look around from their own perspective of what they think they know on Earth. They look around, they see all this spiritual stuff and all of these connections with nature and things, and it's so foreign to them. And they are not of, not of that world at all, but they don't understand the actual spiritual connections behind it. I think there is a slight parallel there with our own existence on Earth and that people do not realize that we're not of this world. We live in this world, yes, but we are not just physical beings. We are spiritual beings. And so there is a spiritual world beyond our own, but it's not a world of Pandora and of connecting via USB 5.0 with devices around (laughs) us or animals. I guess it would be NSB, Navi Serial Bus. But there... It's not a world like that for us, but the spiritual world is very real in that there is something after death. Scripture speaks of decisions that we make, spiritual decisions that we make, and that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, that we are in spiritual warfare. And the people of this world, the secular people of this world, will say, well, I don't believe in that. That's just a fairy tale. And what do they cite as being their foundation for why they don't believe it? They'll say, I'm a scientist, or I choose science instead of religion, as if the two are very separate. And that just really bugs me. So I'm going to get off my little soapbox right now. (laughs) (laughs) If it makes you feel any better, it really bugs me too, because like I said, I'm training to be a scientist. And so whenever... I'm talking to people and I say, yes, I believe that evolution is wrong and I believe that I'm a creationist. They look at me and say, but I thought you were a scientist. <laughs> and I said, I am. And like, well, God gave us the I gift said, of science. Yes. I mean, it's, 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 science wouldn't make any sense without God because he created a rational universe that we could understand. And, and in, a, in a world of chaos, you couldn't quantify chaos because mm-hmm. it would it would never be rational one of my favorite verses what you were just saying daniel reminded me of this is ecclesiastes three eleven. he has made everything beautiful in his time in its time he has also set eternity in the hearts of men mm. yet they cannot fathom what god has done from the beginning to end that's one of the things that i've always fallen back on that verse is that we are finite beings but we have eternity in our hearts yes god has placed in our hearts an understanding of something that is so much bigger than us that it's hard for us to even figure out how to be physical because we have eternity in our hearts and it, and it just seems wrong somehow. Mm-hmm. And the, the concept of going beyond our own existence into a more spiritual existence is also communicated in this movie by what happens in the end, which by the way, well, people by now know, people by now know that this review contains spoilers but at the end when uh, jake is did he actually die or was he just almost dead he, he, he was almost dead. no well, they made he made the choice to to he switch choice. because that's his, right yeah it was yeah the the woman scientist they tried to save her life but he was actually made the choice to switch right, right. dr augustine yeah she had 
she had essentially died or was dying mm-hmm. and they couldn't save her. But so Jake made this switch that he gave up his former body and became permanently Navi. one of the Navi. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I thought it was interesting and I just, I wanted to touch on this earlier. I'd written it down. One of the things about their culture that, that stuck out to me, and I don't know whether Daniel, whether you caught it when, when Jake had sex with, with the girl, he didn't realize that he was bonding with her for life. <laughs> In their culture, it was that was their declaration that the two were mated for life. And I think that in our we we I thought it was interesting they put that in the movie because in our culture sex has become such a casual yeah. thing that I was surprised that they would put that in the movie that that sex was a bonding for life because that's actually what it is in the Bible it's mm-hmm. like it's it's uh, something that is done between a man and his wife and and it's until death do they part and so it is a, a lifetime commitment and I thought it was interesting that they put that in the movie and I can actually appreciate the way that they did that. In the mm-hmm. movie, because they didn't actually show what other movies might show, you know, mm-hmm. them actually having sex or anything like that. It's just, it's implied. Mm-hmm. Because the last thing you see is them kissing or embracing. And then afterward, obviously, they wake up later and it's, or at some point, it's said that they mated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and and then it was, and then she kind of like, oh, but, and by the way, we're now mated for life. <laughs> <laughs> Why? I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> so I, I think, you know, in, in one way, that whole where he has to switch bodies so that he can be with his his people forever because he had in his soul and in his heart become Navi and he just needed to make the switch permanent. Now, the whole body switching thing brings up interesting issues because those avatars that were made like the Navi mm-hmm. are genetic engineered, genetically engineered from creatures both, from the human DNA and from the Navi DNA. Yeah, and they mm-hmm. somehow have a technological connection back to the station, mm-hmm. which there are a couple little logical holes in there I caught in the movie. Like, how are they still connected at, through all of that magnetic interference and mm-hmm. different things like that? But I'll, I'll leave that aside and not ru- ruin the movie for people out there. But I was thinking here they've made a technological and biological creation that then is endowed with the actual spirit of a man Mm -hmm. at the end. So are they thinking, well, is it, it is communicating that a creation by man could possess spirit or soul. Mm. Well, it's given spirit and soul by the spirit of the planet because mm-hmm. that was who made the transfer was the yes goddess tree or whatever it was um but he had to have the will to do it or make the transfer or something it, it was very complicated and weird but uh trying to make sense of something that really doesn't make any sense is kind of <laughs> <laughs> yeah and during that whole sequence at the end when he is transformed the the woman, uh, Natiri, is that how you pronounced it? Natiri. Yeah, she says that Iwa, and I think, I think I'm mispronouncing some of that too, but they're goddess. Mm-hmm. She says she has heard you, that his request to become one of them was heard, and she fulfilled it. 
I guess in some ways that means that the human spirit was compatible with Pandora because otherwise. How would she hear? Yeah. (laughs) She was listening to the humans. She was tapping into their communication. Well, I mean, he's also just like from the standpoint of the movie, like since he did have a part Navi's body, he did in fact like connect or communicate or whatever through the trees and the animals. So I guess in a way, Aowa had like met him before or it was weird. I don't know. <laughs> like I said, trying to make sense of something that doesn't make sense. <laughs> well, that's the end of my notes for the movie. I know you guys probably took many more notes than that. So I'm going to let you guys carry the conversation from I, here. I pretty much finished up mine. The only oh, really? last thing that I had to say was that one one thing you get out of watching movies like this, and I even got it out of watching like Dances with Wolves and other movies that deal with indigenous peoples, is there is a certain charm to that primitive lifestyle. Mm. And and when we watch it, I think they, when they make these movies, they're kind of like beautifying and making it it just look like oh that's the way everybody ought to live. <laughs> and but as civilized people, and I use civilized very loosely, <laughs> um, we tend to forget the lack of comfort that goes along with some of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's a, you know, a hand to mouth kind of existence where you have to hunt for your food constantly and gather and, and there's no laying up for the future. You just live hand to mouth constantly. And of course there are a lot of people who live that way anyway. But, um, they call it paycheck to paycheck. Paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, they, they always present them in just the most, um, fantastic way mm-hmm. that the li- living like that is is just to be desired and and loved and uh, and they present it so charmingly that you're just like you come out of it like the the people who want to commit suicide because they can't live on Pandora. It's yeah. like, do they really want to live like that? Do they understand the the harshness of an existence like that? I mean, because they showed only the beauty of it. Now there is a lot I realize to say about the whole overall concept of of the movie that's very similar to, like Chris, you said, uh, Squanto, um, or things related, Pocahontas, yeah, and things related to American, Native American Mm -hmm. Indians when uh, Americans came and settled here. The concept of us arrogant American-based humans going to another planet and taking over, kicking out their culture, taking mm-hmm. yeah. from their culture for our own good, that extreme selfishness that does demonstrate very well the human spirit. And I'm going to kind of give you an idea of when we're actually recording this. Chris and I both watched the opening ceremonies to the Winter Games last night. Yeah. And one of the things that I'm sure you noticed, Chris, was the amount of attention they played to the indigenous uh, peoples yeah. of Canada. They actually had mm-hmm. the the nations, uh, the indigenous nations, welcome the world to hmm. to Vancouver, and they they were the ones that that welcomed the athletes into the stadium. And there was a yeah, lot. Yeah, it wasn't like. Go, Go ahead. <laughs> oh, I just thought it was interesting that they had the indigenous peoples of Canada welcome the athletes instead of the sovereign rulers of mm-hmm. that nation. Mm-hmm. And like, it, it was just very predominant through the whole opening ceremonies that it, this was the actual Canadians welcoming the world. It wasn't the people who have taken over Canada and who rule Canada. It was, it was you know, these are the people that have always lived here. And 
I when I was thinking, I was like, have we ever done that? In all of the times the United States has had the Olympics, we have never acknowledged mm. the people that were here first. And I don't, I, I'm not an Indian lover or whatever it is, but I do have Native American blood in me. And one of the mm. things that has always fascinated me is how much we just have wiped that, those cultures from the face of our country. Yeah, I think there needs to be a balance, and this movie shows a lack of balance, mm-hmm. in that the it's important to not, of course, not to kick Native indigenous people out of their homes just because we want to build a Walmart over their houses right. or something. Mm-hmm. But it's also important not to over-prioritize or exalt them to some extreme high status, but it's... What I think Hebrews and Romans both speak of is, I believe it's Hebrews 12, 18, and a passage in Romans, very similar reference, like Romans 12, 18, somewhere. But two (laughs) verses say essentially the same thing. It says, do everything you can to be at peace with all men. And that's what we should be doing is not trying to take from other people and take for ourselves but we should be trying to live at peace with others that doesn't mean tolerating their religion or sacrificing hebrews 12 things. 14 12 14 then it must be romans 12 18 but 12 14 yeah that's one of them <laughs> at least that we should strive to be at peace with all men yeah, and I, of course, I look at it as we, the Native American people are not a separate people. We're all related. Yes. And they are our brothers and sisters, and it doesn't matter uh, where they came from or even if they were here first. What really matters is the condition of their souls. And if mm-hmm. we see people as either saved or unsaved, then we start to view the world differently than looking at the color of skin or the culture or anything else. And, and that's... For Christians, anyway, that is what our our emphasis should be, not be on um, what their their past history is or the color of their skin or or how they behave or how they dress. It should be whether or not they have a relationship with God. Yeah, I like the way that uh, Scripture puts it in that it says that we are all of one blood or of one nation. In some translations, translate it that way, that God has created mankind all of a single blood, not of different types, not of Navi and humans, but Acts 17, 26 says he has made of one blood, all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth and has determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. So I like the way that I've heard several speakers like Ken Ham is one of the speakers Mm -hmm. I've heard put it this way is that there are really only two races not physical races, mm-hmm. spiritual, spiritual races. races. Mm-hmm. Right. There's the unsaved and the saved. There's the heaven bound and the hell bound. Mm. And which race are you in? <laughs> which race right. are you running? You can be <laughs> yeah. pulling a totally different <laughs> pulling a different metaphor there. So whenever people ask me if I'm uh, agree with interracial marriage I always say no but then I have to specify but <laughs> I race differently than you you know that is 
a hard thing about communicating with others about Christianity and Scripture is because there are so many misconceptions out there right. about Scripture that if someone asks us a question and they're looking for a soundbite answer, well, <laughs> they can't have it. Mm-hmm, because, yeah. yeah, like you say, interracial marriage? No. Okay, well, okay, great to know you. See you. Bye. Thanks for the answer. No, it's like, wait. you have to listen to me. <laughs> yeah. And the same thing with, like, so many other things when talking about creation versus evolution. When people ask the the problem is they're asking the wrong questions. But when people ask the question, did God create all things the way that we see them, or did things evolve? Well, that's a very <laughs> wrong question because mm-hmm. God yeah. didn't create things the way we see them. But but things didn't evolve either, right? Yeah. It's they're asking okay. the wrong question, right? Yeah, it's not an either or. <laughs> yeah, you you have to give full reasonable answers, and that's why Scripture says that we have to be ready with an answer, not just a short little yes or no, or but we have to be ready with an answer. And Proverbs and Psalms encourages us to be ready to give a defense. And it's more than just answering their question, but it is communicating to them the truth of Scripture. And that's what we should be striving for. Well, if you have have any additional thoughts, Chris, I think we're tapped out on the movie. Uh, I think I'm pretty much done as well. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, I want to mention to everyone that they can, if they're not already subscribed to the show, they can subscribe to the show at areyoujustwatching.com. The show notes for this episode will be on areyoujustwatching.com slash podcast slash IR5. I'm, I'm going to drop the preceding zeros things okay. because in my other podcast, The Ramen Noodle, which you can subscribe to, it's a comedy podcast, subscribe to it over at theramennoodle.com. <laughs> my now indefinitely permanent co-host, Jeremy, mentioned that, why do you put the zero in front of the episode number? It doesn't need to be in there because no one's sorting the URLs, the web addresses by alphabetical order. And I just realized, huh? Oh. Yeah, I guess not. <laughs> it would be easier just to say p- five or ten or anything like that. So, in this case, it's five. Yes. <laughs> Are you just watching dot com slash podcast slash ir five? And we're going to start numbering our initial reactions episodes separately from the main episodes, and that way we can instead of you having to worry about proper spelling, it's just ir five, and that works. <laughs> so you can also give us your feedback by calling in to 859-353-4332 or you can email us at areyoujustwatching.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter. That's twitter.com slash the letters R and U, just watching. On Twitter, I'm twitter.com slash the ramen noodle. And I'm twitter.com slash E Franklin. Chris? And I don't have a Twitter. I didn't think so. <laughs> Sorry. You're still, you're still of them. I, I am still Twitterless. Oh, too bad. So make sure that you are subscribed to the show and you can subscribe by email too or whatever means you want for it. We do all of this because we want you... I never said it at the beginning. Oh! <gasps>
critical thinking for the entertained Christian. Yes, let's all say it together. Chant it. Tell someone else about the podcast and let us know what you think of Avatar or anything else we've talked about. But above all, thanks for listening. And don't just watch. Are You Just Watching? is produced and sponsored by D. Joseph Design at djosephdesign.com. The opening vocal talent is thanks to Mariah. Our theme song is used courtesy of Answers in Genesis from their exciting Vacation Bible School curriculum, Operation Space, which you can find at AnswersVBS.com. Find more great, clean podcasts like this one at cleancasts.com.